0: Radio. So this morning, what are you going to talk about? We've already roasted Terry. It was good. Heard a good story. We're going to hear Ken's testimony. This morning, I want to point out we've done a series on the purpose, I'm oh not sorry, on the presence of God. We've been, you know, we did the Wednesdays for a month or so. We were crying out for the presence of God and then there's been teaching that's been accompanying that uh, aspect of the presence of God. So I want to take it, to the next step. And I want to talk about this morning, the purpose of God for your life. Because when you <clears throat> go into the presence of God, when you spend time with Jesus, I've got a tickle in my throat, better have drink water. God reveals his purpose. You know, there is a A question that everybody at some stage in their life may ask themselves many, many times. And it's a question that um, is a very, very important question. And the question is this. Why am I here? Why are you living life at this moment in time on planet Earth? And I kind of want to engage with that question uh, and then talk about you are here for a reason. All good? (coughs) So, Father, I thank you for, you know, that you are a God that isn't random. Things don't happen randomly. But, God, you are a God of great strategy, great planning. So great, so amazing, so powerful. Our minds cannot really comprehend the wonder of a God that has done all the things that you have done, all the things that you hold in your hand, and all the things that you have for the future. And God, this morning we pray that we would understand uh, to some degree uh, what it means and our purpose, why we are here. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would breathe life on this and that you would energize me, Lord God, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So why are you here? Why are we here? Heaps of people ask that question. Um, I was looking up, you know, I just Googled the question, why are we here? And there was a ton of information psychologically, philosophically, and it is um, a global question that mankind asks, why are we here? Why are you here? Now I can say to you, why are you here? And you'll say, well, I'm here this morning and I've come to church. But why did you come to church? What reason did you come to church? What is the motivation behind you being here this morning? I'm here because I've got to preach. Uh, Pekka was here because she's got to do the worship. The guys behind the desk are here because um, their purpose is running the string, doing the sound. See, when you ask the question, why am I here? It will directly then relate to a purpose. There is a purpose why you're here this morning. Are you here because you feel guilty and you've got to come to church? Well, there's a purpose. Are you here because, uh, well, you know, um, I want to catch up with everybody and you want to have fellowship? There's a purpose. You're here, you, you, you ask the question why I'm here, and then there is a purpose that comes out of why you are here. You with me? Why do you go to work on Monday? Well, because you have a purpose. Why does Stephen go and work at Mons? On the shift work. When maybe he doesn't get enough sleep, I don't know. But he goes there because he has a purpose. Part of that purpose is to make the sauce that we serve in the supermarket. And you buy. And Mons is a great sauce. So if you've never tried Mons, buy the sauce. <laughs> but Stephen has a purpose because he's got a reason. Because, you know, he's got a job. That's what he does. You get what I'm saying? See, the big question, why you are here, take it even further and spread it out about your life purpose. Your life purpose, why you are here. So I want to kind of look at that this morning. Now I'm going to give you some quotes. (coughs) Excuse me. Life's big question. Why am I here? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Everything you say or do will come from the answer to the question why you are here, your worldview will come from it. How you spend your time will come from it. What you invest your money in will come from it. Well, will come out of that reason, you know. There are people that are here because they think that the world is all about them. So they will more than likely most of their time be spent on what will benefit them. Uh, They will spend their money and time on what benefits them. It's a fact. Um, <clears throat> the atheist, the person who doesn't believe there is a God, will spend their time and their life and their finances out of that worldview that comes from answering the question, why are there?" They don't believe there's a God. You know, they believe quite possibly in the random randomness of the, the Big Bang. And that will directly result in how they value life and how they treat life. If you are a Christian and you believe there is a God, then there is a direct response on what that means to how you live your life. You with me? It's a really, really interesting and important question. Some quotes. The mystery of human existence lies not in just staying alive, but in finding something to live for. Here's the thing. Your reason for life or your, your, your understanding why you're here will directly affect the quality of your life, is what this guy's saying. Um, Robert F. Kennedy said, the purpose of life is to contribute in some way to making things better. President of the United States who was uh, assassinated Meatloaf. anybody remember the music of Meatloaf? Not what you had for dinner, but Meatloaf made and said an interesting quote: "Who am I? Why am I here? Forget the question. Someone give me another beer." But here's the thing: he has already answered the question why he's there—to drink beer and have a good time. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of Australians. When they're younger, it's like, man, I'm here just to party and drink till I drop. Because that's their understanding of what maybe what life is about. Tolstoy. Without knowing who I am and why I'm here, it is impossible to live. Yet I cannot know that and therefore I cannot live. So here's some guy that's asked the question, Tolstoy. Uh, which is um, a well-known, I think, a philosopher, a writer, author. Um, why would Mr. Putin think he's here? Why would the man who's organized a whole, a whole army to take the lives of so many people, because out of the reason of why he's here is what he's doing, and see, from the, uh, the position that he's in, He is in, he's outworking the purpose of his life. Not not many people agree with the purpose of his life. People are dying because this guy is living his life out of his purpose. Uh, John Maxwell. I love John Maxwell's stuff on leadership. We won't fully experience joy until we have answered life's big question. Why am I here? So, again, it's your lucky day. I'm going to help you understand why you're here. Now, here's a really well-known scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11. Very interesting scripture. And we've looked at it a lot. So, Jeremiah 29, 11 through to 13. For I know the plans I have for you declares who? The Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. <clears throat> Verse 12. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and listen to me. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Super interesting. Jeremiah, a prophet, communicating on behalf of God that was then translated into a letter that was then taken to the children that were in captivity in Babylon. And um, God sending a message to the people who were in captivity that God knew was planned for them. They were in disarray because they had been taken captive, but there is a, a reaffirming that God's trying to send to this people who are under tremendous pressure and confusion and they had seen a lot of their friends die and God's sending a message to try and tell them something in the midst of their turmoil. That he knew the plans that he had for them. The word plan also means purpose. And see, we live in a crazy world. There's a lot of chaos. And I think God's trying to send a message to his church and to the rest of the world, but particularly to his church, to you and I, that though the world is chaotic, though the world is crazy, though we have people who are living out these uh, horrendous plans through their lives and bringing such destruction, that God is trying to bring in a reassurance to you and say, I still know the plan. I got your plan. I know what my plan is for you. It's not to kowtow to fear. It's not to kowtow to anxiety. It's not to fall under the weight of what's going on in the planet, but rather it's a sense of, I know, God knows. See, here's the thing for Christians. If you believe there is a God, then you've got to believe that God has a purpose for you. And if you want to know that purpose, you're going to find it out of being with Him, of listening to what He says. He knows the plans. I love what he says. He says, For I know the plans I have for you declares. It's not just like kind of quietly trying to sneak it in there. I mean, a declaration is like from the throne room of God speaking out something that is absolute truth, that there is no doubt about it. He's declaring a truth to us. You know, it's a funny thing. I, I find it so interesting when I got to preach. Because sometimes I think, what the heck am I going to, you know, and um, anyway, it always amazes me when you know, I start this thing, I was feeling out of gas, but all of a sudden I'm starting to feel, you know, a bit of energy, see the, (laughs) going on. Why? Because I'm living my purpose, because I'm following the plan, and because, slow it down, because I'm following the plan, he energizes our lives. You with me? For he knows the plans. It always amazes me when I come across people, you know, in my job and and they, and and what are you going to do? What are you going to do with your life? And they they will come out with these ideas, but I never, not never, but on on occasion, I hear someone and I don't hear God in that conversation with them. They have an idea and they have a plan and they have this thing about what they want to do and I don't hear God. And, and, and it worries me, it concerns me, because if you're a Christian, if you really believe God exists, then God has a plan. And that plan is so great and so awesome that it should um, uh, permeate the choices we make. Because he knows the plans, declares the Lord, plans to prosper. I mean, who wants to prosper? nah, not really I just want to do my plan most of your plans that you make up are to do with you prospering I'm sure most people don't plan I mean we have people who are so desperate and broken that they take their own lives and they plan it but I'm talking about people in life who want to live life out of, their, out of uh, why they're here and you know, so he says there's, there's a prospering in his plan it's not like a bad thing the word prosper here means uh, the happy happiness thing it's the peace thing it's the feeling of fulfillment it's uh, you know you have what you need and more to give to others kind of plan God's plan God's purpose and interesting verse 12 and 13 then you'll call on me And come and pray to me, and I won't listen to you. No, 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 no. I will listen to you. You mean the God who makes the plans says when I come to him and I pray, he'll listen to me. Verse 13. Then you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's about the heart. See, if you're seeking God and it's, not, and it's just about what you want, that's probably not the way to go about it. Because there's this thing called all of your heart. And see, God wants all of your heart because all of your heart will then, will then allow all of his plan to come to pass. You with me? All of of your heart you know that's why we did the thing last month we were like God oh, man we want you forget TV forget all the other things we want you because we were attempting to seek him with all our hearts hallelujah the word plan or purpose are very similar Um, described in this language you will find that it will use the word thoughts in some of the um, translations so when God's trying to say to these guys hey you're in my mind you're in my heart to the people in Babylon he's saying hey you're not on the outside but you're inside of me and I'm thinking about you and I'm thinking about you because I understand where you're at because I know what's going on around the world and you're inside me You're not outside me. You're not some kind of number, but I have a personal thought about you. That's quite amazing. Pretty cool. I mean, I love my grandchildren. And they're not out there, they're in there. And this is who God is to us. That's why he's saying, you've got to seek me with all your hearts. Because he's into heart relationship. Because he's opening his heart to you. And his, his expectation that your heart will be his. Because you're inside him already. I like this. I quite like this. Didn't even think I was going to go down here. But it's all good. Thank you Lord. You know, I'm sitting there thinking God I'm tired. And, um, and, and I'm saying Holy Spirit I need you. My God he heard me. You mean what? He, he listens. See, the difference between you and someone who doesn't know God is you understand things are not random. You understand that you are not just the result of some explosion and a bunch of chemicals getting together or a monkey, you know, becoming a man. I don't know. Some people look like that. No, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. I got a bad habit sometimes. <sighs> it's flesh. Maybe evolution's true. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a joke. See, the difference is you were created with a purpose. That's the thing that makes you different from the rest of the world, that you were created by God, that you're not random, that it just didn't happen because your mom and dad had sex. Look, all the kids are out. It's okay. Because in the mind of God, he thought about you, and he perceived a plan in his imagination about what your life should be like. Right now, in the world that we live in, he's like, man, i got a plan for you. But the saddest thing I find is Christians who live life for self, Christians who are so wrapped up in what they want to do that man, they just miss the moment, they miss the plan. And then they wonder why they're not fulfilled, they wonder why all this stuff is going on, it's because, Fred, they're not living with all their heart towards God. And I'm on a journey where my heart sometimes goes there and I've got to pull it back. I've got to pull it back. And, you know, because uh, the Bible says your heart can be exceedingly wicked. You know, it means it kind of wants to do its own thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, Here's one. Uh, Proverbs nineteen twenty one. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We, we, our heart has been designed for plans. We are meant to be planners because we've been made in the image of God. It's not wrong to plan, but it's wrong to plan if your heart does not understand or your heart is not filtering it through what does God want? You with me? See, it must be filtered through what he wants. Your desire must be, God, you know, I want to do this, but let your plan prevail. Let your plan be the one, you know, if this is not you, then God, you know, take it away. You, you you're with me? You are created for a purpose. Let's make sure. Proverbs sixteen four, Lord has made everything for its purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. Well, that's, that's a very controversial scripture. He has made everything for a purpose, and it says even the wicked. Do you know what a wicked person is? Someone who lives life without God. So when people who choose to live a life without God or they fall into the category of wicked, God always also has a plan. They might think the plan is not, but he says, I've got a plan for the wicked. You don't want to be in the side of the wicked. Not a good spot. Ephesians 2.10 For we are God's handiwork. See, the Christian has got to understand, friend, you're his handiwork. He made you, he formed you. He was like a builder building something with a purpose. You're not blinking random. When you make things, you make things for a purpose. I've got a definition there somewhere for that. I'll find it. For we are God's handiwork created. Well, you were created. In Christ Jesus, to do good works. Again, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, Plan, purpose, heart. Do your best to get it all there. Make sure you try to filter. Make sure you try to filter through what you want to do with your life. That God, it's your plan. That will prevail. And be mindful of there's this thing that he's planned, this thing called good works for you to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everything is based out of the scripture I'm going to give you now. And everybody knows it if you've been a believer. Matthew twenty-two thirty-five through to forty. Jesus answering religion. So religion is coming to Jesus. Religion and religious men are coming to Jesus, who are living a religious life, who say yes, God in form, but in actual fact, their heart was far from Him. Are trying to trap Him and trick Him. And Jesus is talking to religious people in this particular thing. Verse 35, one of them, an expert in the law, whoa, experts, watch out for experts, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart. Here's this heart thing again, what the heck? All, not some, not a bit, not on Sundays all. Not, you know, when it's in conflict with what you want to do and with what he wants to do, all your heart. So love God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Well, he adds a few more. All your soul and with all your mind. Interesting, Pekka, when she said that song that we were singing, what was it? Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Some of us need our eyes opened a bit wider from our, where our heart is. This is the first and greatest commandment. A commandment is something that you must do. A commandment is not something that you can just say, yeah, no, nah, tomorrow, next week, if you're a Christian, when God says about a commandment, a commandment is like, friend, this is the battle, this is the battle word. You know, that's the big deal. They're having the trouble with the guys in um, the Ukraine. Their commander is commanding, but their heart is disconnecting because they're watching the destruction that they're doing and they're like, man, there's a bunch of them that don't want to do it. But we're not talking about a bad commander who's commanding us. We're talking about the God of the universe. We're talking about the one who had you inside his heart already, who is thinking about you and has a plan for you. I think this is good. I like this. Come on, give me, a, give me an amen or something. Love God. And here's another one. This is the first and greatest. Verse 39. And the second is like it. The two are interconnected. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. All the other eight are tied up in the two. Love God. Love your neighbor. I'm not going to do it today, but there was a question asked. Who is my neighbor? Very interesting. Who is your neighbor? It's anybody around you who you have influence over. It's anybody who you come to contact with. It's anybody you hear about. Do you know what? You're hearing about the Ukraine. You're hearing about the people who are uh, in that terrible flooding that's gone on. You're hearing of your neighbor and trouble that's going on. And so if you've been a generous person and you're given to that, I believe you are... Loving God and loving your neighbor. Hallelujah. Now here's the cool thing about the word love. So Jesus is saying love. Now love is a real interesting word because if your word in the world today, love is an emotion. Love is something that, you know, you kind of, you feel. And when people don't feel the love, well, they don't love anymore. But this is not what God's talking about. You know, this is a different type of love, this is a higher love that he's talking about here that we have to demonstrate. And demonstrate is the word, because the word love here means to demonstrate love, to show love in a moral and social justice. It's not talking about feeling love, it's not talking about when you see someone when you come to church and they've annoyed you, and you're not feeling it, or when you're not feeling it towards your wife, or when you're not feeling it towards somebody in the traffic, (laughs) it is a demonstration. And it is to do what is morally and just to your neighbor. It is to do what is morally and just to demonstrate that there is an outworking. It's not like just saying it. It's not just like speaking, you know, I love you. Young people, watch out. Young ladies, watch out. Young men, watch out when you, someone says they love you. It's a phone. It's all good. So love, to love God with all your heart, to love your neighbor as yourself, is actually to demonstrate justice morally and socially to the world around you. To do what is right, right to do what the Bible says you should do and not what you think you should do. Man, am I the only one that finds that a challenge? You know, ever been annoyed with somebody? I mean, I'm a shocker when I drive. I learned sign language when I learned to drive. (laughs) Got to keep those hands down. (laughs) Of course, that's just me. Love is to be a demonstration. How do I know that you love God? And how do I know, or how do you know if you want to do a test? Now, I, I wrote in my Thursday thoughts. Um, can, can, can I just ask, can we get some likes on the Thursday thoughts or some response when it's on the internet? Um, because I like likes. <laughs> I like likes, because then I know, well, someone liked what I did, Um, and can we get some likes on the stream as well, if you like what we do, because it makes us think, well, what we're doing must be right, because number one, there's someone listening, and number two, they like it. If you don't like it, um, send a message to Cass. Oh Lord, if a judge were to sit here today and we were to examine the evidence of our lives, so evidence is something that proves what actually is the truth. Someone might say something, so we have judges who listen to the evidence that lawyers present and then the the judge will then go, rightio, what you said is true or not true? You know, when somebody's accused of something, you with me? So if we were to sit you on a chair here right now and we were to have a judge who was impartial and we were to examine the evidence of your life, phones today are great. (laughs) Evidence is the proof of something being true. Evidence. That's what I wrote in my Thursday thoughts. You know, so let's look at how we find the evidence to see if you love God and you love your neighbor. Because the Bible is such an amazing book, it provides tests to see where we're at. Tests the good things. 1 John chapter 3 verse 18. My children, let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and truth. So, you know, the test is not necessarily what you say, but it's what you do, okay? <clears throat> love is the, ev- is the evidence of knowing God. 1 John 4, 7 through to 8. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. So, love shows if you actually have been born of God, and love shows if you know God, because God is love. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So we're looking for the evidence of love to show that you know God. If I, same thing. Um, here's a question. This is a harsh one. Oh, this is a mean one. Ooh. 1 John three seventeen. But whoever has his world's, his, his world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him. Note the heart, here's the heart thing going on, the whole heart. Or, but he shuts up his heart. But whoever has his world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him. So a test really is what you do with your money, not what you do with your tongue. What do you do with your life in helping your neighbor? What do you do with your life in helping a world, your neighbor, that needs help is the true test. Here's another one. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. See, what? if you say you love God, if you say you love God, but you hate, it's saying, dude, you're a liar. I'm not saying it. He's saying it. Let's blame him. He is a liar. For who does not love his brother, Whom he has seen, how can he love God, whom he has not seen? Verse twenty-one. And this commandment we have found from him that he who loves God must love his brother. So, loving God, you must. You're not meant to hate. This word "hate" is a really interesting word too in the translation. The word "hate" means to detest. It has two meanings: to detest or to be or to hate. Or to be loveless. Really interesting. Hate is to detest. But hate is also to not carry love. To have love less. To have loveless in a situation that you see or you hear. To be hardened in heart to such effect that when you hear of a tragedy or a difficulty in someone's life. That your heart is so hardened up that you don't care to love, to be loveless. I don't care. They deserved it. I don't care. They live there. I live here. I don't care. It's kind of scary. And I'm not saying that, you know, at every thing or tragedy that we hear that you've got to pull yourself out. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm trying to say is about actually caring about the world, about actually caring about people's difficulties. There are people that will annoy you. I annoy you sometimes. Amen. (laughs) Man, but you know, I can't stand that person. You're not meant to say that. You can't say that. Because when you're saying that, there's a part of your heart that is becoming contaminated and it is moving away from all your heart loving God because loving God is perfectly reflected out in how you love people around you and that you care. You with me? See, what is your purpose? What is the meaning of why you were put on the planet? Which is my first question, which is the question that so many people ask. And so many people in the world live unfulfilled lives because they are not fulfilling their absolute God-created purpose. That is to love God and love your neighbor. If you're a Christian, gosh, I'm getting hard these days. Friends, if you're a Christian, you need to look at the evidence to prove that you're a Christian, that you love God. And how do we know that you love God? It's because you give him your whole heart and that you say, God, I want to do this with my life. But God, you're the one and I'm loving you because I'm saying you lead it, you direct it, you show me what's right for my life. And secondly, your purpose, number one, to love God. To do what is morally right and just towards the creator of the universe, give him what he deserves, your whole heart. Number two, is your purpose is to have an outworking. Your purpose is not here for you. You're not here for you. If everything about your life is about you, friend, I don't know if you really know God. Because I know that as I do the journey and as I get to know him, you know, sometimes I get, I get hardened. And then I go back to him and I go back to God and then he kind of goes, dude, your heart, Keith, your heart, mate. And I get in his presence and he cleans my heart, he washes my heart, he softens my heart. And I meet him and I encounter him again. And what happens is there's this love that ain't me. Because I ain't the most compassionate person on the planet naturally. Comes out of me. Because could I know him? You with me? Can I have an amen? amen? Hallelujah. So my cry for 2022, and I believe the plan for us and one of the reasons why I'm so excited about the church camp is we want to get in touch with God. We want to meet with Him and we want to be a community because we are a community and a community is a family and we want to meet together and then we can touch Him and then we can hear from Him and we can work out God. We found our purpose. We want to love you and God, we want to love our neighbor. And Love ain't ain't an emotion. Love is a commitment. Love is an outworking demonstration of caring about people around us. And making a difference. Amen. Father, you did not conceive us in your mind to beat us up, to bash us, to cause us just to be a mechanical robot. But God, you conceived us in your mind because you love us. And you conceived a purpose for each of our lives. And that purpose, God, in your word tells me it is to prosper and not to harm me and to bring good into my life. And for each and every one of us here this morning and listening, Lord. So Holy Spirit, again, we call together to you. We remind ourselves, Lord, if our heart is hardened, if we've moved our heart away from loving you with all our heart, God, forgive us. Please. And Lord, refresh the understanding of our purpose in our life, to love you and to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.